Coote. Coote right through. Got a pass on to Brass, and Brass is in for the try. Oh, so easy. Nettie to Flannery. Flannery to Rickardson. Rickardson to Fletcher. Fletcher puts the arm up, and he goes over. Fletcher scores. Now it's one-way traffic. Williams has got the ball. Gets it on to Maloney. Sets himself. Kicks for Tupo. Tupo and Williams. Tupo! Roosters fans, what a week it was to be a Rooster. Of course, we took on the Eagles out there at the SCG. Dez's boys come across the bridge trying to take the two points, and we defended at the SCG like a fortress. I can tell you what a game. It was raining points for the first 40 minutes, and the second half, well, it just rained. And they got a little bit back into the game, but I tell you what, it was too little, too late. Ta-da the goose. And, of course, the women's off the foot of Zahara Tamara took a wonderful victory for Coach John Strange proving he is everything the successful coach in the women's game and what a win for the girls 19-18 over the much favoured Parramatta Eels and they stuck it to them out there at McDonald Jones Stadium welcome to Roosters Radio what a week Bells how did you see it what a round of football what a game to our boys there on Friday night at the SCG Silky and I watched the game up at the Captain's Club, which is an amazing spot to watch our boys run out onto the field. And we actually had the pleasure of seeing that left side rip them apart. Uh, Tupanua, outstanding. Toops as well. It was just a great game. Yeah, it sure was, Bells. Uh, just on the Captain's Club, we had a really great visit from Jason Taylor at halftime from the coach's box. Uh, and it was just a great insight into the machinations of what was going on and what Robbo was saying at halftime. And basically he said that the defence wasn't up to scratch in the first half, which mm. I found was quite interesting. But you're right, that left-hand edge, Morgan Harper's been having nightmares for the past week. The rain did come in the, during the halftime break and obviously a few errors crept in. But yeah, the, the match was pretty much over at halftime. How good was Satili Tupanua before he got uh, taken off with the um, HIA to see the dominance in his performance? And he was everywhere on the field. You could hear the commentators. I think it was Gus Gould was giving him a big rap, and he deserved it. He really led from the front. Uh, you know, he got over the stripe. I mean, what a performance. I have to say it was interesting um, watching the game, the way the halves worked together. So Luke Keary was running at these angles. like It was almost sideways, but not. It was like about 30 degrees, showing the ball inside. They had decoy runners. It was really interesting to watch them and, and the way they were directing traffic down that left side. Manly just couldn't defend it. No answers. Absolutely no answers. And, you know, Bells, we all know the talent. There's been so much talk about him. We're huge supporters on Roosters Radio. But Sam Walker, just what a game. Well, the combination was just on fire on Friday night. It finally clicked. I think that move for Luke Keary to play halfback and Sam into 5-8, it just paid off on Friday night. All the critics just... It silenced them. I thought it it worked really well. Not only that, but Drew Hutchison, who we're going to speak to on this week's show, uh, starting the game at number nine, obviously Connor Watson coming off the bench. Drew scored the first try, great little support run Mm. there to to get the first try of the game. But I I thought that was interesting as well. So... Uh, obviously, Connor does come on probably after that set, that settling period, um, and we know how dynamic he's in attack and how dangerous he's in and around the ruck. He, he did go off with a, a shoulder complaint, 
But, uh, you know, Drew came back on and once again stamped his uh, authority on the game with a, with a great 40-20. What about the 40-20 from Dummy Half? And I know he's so humble that after the game says, mate, you know, I, I, we'll ask him about it. Didn't really mean to go over, but it was a pinpoint perfect kick that just rolled end over end, used the, the wet conditions really well. But I think Drew Hutchison, what I love, and I say it often on Roosters Radio, I love the theatre of Coach Robinson up against an old Wiley Des Hasler. Des is a master coach. He was a master player. He's got so much experience. And, you know, Robbo is obviously, uh, he's no longer a young gun. He's a very established, you know, probably one of the best coaches in the game, if not the best. But how he does the changeover between Connor, they would have trained all week for Connor Watson. And all of a sudden, last minute, Drew Hutchinson turns into an old hooker. Yeah, exactly right. Another notable mention to Nat Butcher. Bagged a double, but that second try where he just showed up, uh, Tommy Turbo with a little jink and a step there. and a spin and a pirouette. <laughs> it was uh, it was great to watch. I thought he had a, a great game, as did Siwa Takiaha. Look, I know they got handled by Newcastle and they had to come back and you know stamp their authority, our, our, our big leaders, our big front men, and they did that on Friday night. Bells, I always say when I watch football, if Siwa's having a good game and we're going forward, we are really going to have a good game because his footwork, his strength, and when he's on fire, we're on fire. Well, he topped the run metres on Friday night, 238 run metres, which was actually 100 over um, Turbo, who topped the run metres for Manly. So a lot of hard work on Friday night. He he just Last week he was a bit dusty, I thought, a um, couple of errors there, but Friday night he played really well. Who else stood out for you, Bells? Well, I thought the um, the rivalry between Saab and Toops, I thought that was awesome to watch. Um, it was just an old man teaching a young boy how to play the winger position. It was awesome. I've got to say, Coach Robinson had an interesting quote in the in the post-match presser where he said, Toops owns the air and has done for some time. Uh, there was this great take he took. Like, they're probably about the same height, obviously. Uh, Jason Saab models his game, I dare say, on, on Daniel Tupu. Um, but, yeah, Toops won that battle there on Friday night. You know, it was a great try in the first half. There was that one bomb in the second half when they just kept attacking us wave after wave after wave. And those tough carries from our own 22, which we did a lot of in that second half. Great marketing opportunity, isn't it? Like Castor, the, uh, the, you know, the gear uh, provider for the club, could bring out the, uh, the uh, Castor Air Toops footy boots. Why not? <laughs> uh, another one that stood out for me, boys, I just wanted to mention Angus Crichton. He topped the tackle count. He played outstanding. He's just, he's gotten so strong and big. Like every year he, I see him out on the field and I think, I think he's gotten bigger. But um, he played awesome. And, and just watching the game live, in that second half when they were just defending and defending their own line and I think there was a penalty against them on their line and Angus just turned around to the boys and he had fire in his eyes and it was just like, righto, come on. Like you could see him say, let's go, let's keep defending, we've got this. Yeah, I know. And just on that too with the defence in that second half, you know, their goal line D was incredible. Oh. But there was that late last try, and if you could see Robbo in the in the um, coach's mm. box, he was he filthy. Up. Oh, yeah. Filthy. <laughs> That's not what he likes. And, and, you know, they've done so well for so long, and the conditions were wet, but there's no excuse for that in Robbo's book. Moving on, guys, the uh, the women's game, the NRLW, a nail-biter at Newcastle. Uh, our girls, 19, defeating Parramatta Reels, 18. It was uh, off the boot of Zahara Tamara, but some exciting tries early in the match. Yes, Parker opened up the scoreline with um, a great try from her. And uh, we also great had a kick chase. Very good kick chase. Good a, bounce, too. A, and also a barging run from Togatuki, who scored her try under the post. Yeah, they played really well. And I think um, one thing about the women's game is exciting. And I said this a couple of weeks ago to Coach John Strange. 
and uh, Captain Corbin Baxter is I love that they chance their arms, Suki. I love they throw the ball around. But it does bring about points. And then Parramatta back into it. And, and, and 18 all. You mentioned about Sahara Tamara's field goal. It's all over the Roosters' website. If you haven't seen it, have a look. It's a pretty handy goal. Even bells your comment off. 25 out. 25 mm, out. Big goal. What a kick. Well, the girls had to turn up and perform. They obviously lost those couple at the beginning of the season and they know that their season's on the line with the next to go. And, and John Strange actually after the game quoted that it just shows the character of these girls. They dug deep and they got the win. Well, with two matches remaining in the NRLW season, uh, our girls take on the Dragons this week. So uh, it's important that they get another victory there to be uh, there in the semifinals. Absolutely, Silky and Dragons are very favoured. But I'll tell you what, the women's game, you know, for Roosters fans out there, if you want to get out to the footy early or, you know, get out and support them, it's well worth a while. It's very entertaining. And they are now, they've turned their season around. They were 0-2. Now they're 2-2. And and, uh, this Saturday, on the 26th of March, they take on the Dragons. And it's uh, at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. And it's not that far for a Roosters fan to get out there. We know it's just, you know, just over the the bridge there. And... um, other side of the airport and you know get out and support our girls because they're going great guns and let's hope we ride them all the way to the finals now guys before we go to our first break it's nrl multicultural round this week uh, we're going to be talking to the fijian captain kevin naguama on this week's show but just a quick stat did you know that there were over 40 different countries represented in the nrl absolutely didn't know that i knew there was plenty but i didn't know there was 40 it's amazing and I guess uh, when you think about some of the heritage of the players that are playing in the NRL, obviously uh, there's quite a few that come to mind. But Bells, any standouts for you when you think about you know players, be it Roosters or other clubs, and who they could potentially represent? Teddy, of course, <laughs> the Italian, He's an easy one. Italian stallion. Bush, yeah. Well, it's a little un- uh, little fun fact. Tyson Frizzell, Welsh. Yes, I think he's actually played for them uh, in a in a rugby. Well, it's a World Cup year too, so he may be, he may run out from uh, later this year. Here's one for you guys. What about the Trebojevic brothers representing wow. uh, the motherland of Serbia? Wow, there's what? so much multiculturalism in there. I think I think back to some of the classic roosters. Ian Rubin, of course, played oh, for Russia. The curtain, the Iron Curtain. Mick Labinskis played for the the Magpies. Yeah, Bronco Dura. Yeah, yeah. some great old. <laughs> yeah, an old Polish. Uh, and who can Hazem El Masri was a pioneer for uh, Lebanese players uh, in the NRL, and you know they're in they're World Cup uh, qualified now. So, you know, it's great to see the NRL celebrating uh, multicultural round because there are so many other players from different backgrounds playing our great game. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise you if I said I also enjoy the food aspect of that. Would it? <laughs> no. Oh, how good would that be? Every nation. We just need every nation. At every, every, at every game. Just, just a food truck. Quick, just a go around food. with a plate. Oh, oh wow. I'm with fans you, boys. Salivating. <laughs> well, you're on Roosters Radio, and we come back. We're going to be talking with Drew Hutchison. Roosters fans, it was a great performance last week and there's so many players to pick from that we wanted to get onto Roosters Radio for your enjoyment and listening and none greater. He got drawn out of a hat. It was the only name in the hat, in fact. It was Drew Hutchison, <laughs> the way he played. He's been at 5'8", he's been at centre, he's been at halfback. No one ever thought Drew would end up an old hooker, but my God, we're happy to have him in that number nine jersey or the number nine position. Drew, welcome to Roosters Radio, round two, 2022. What a performance. Nah, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. It's um, yeah, definitely a different different position for me to be playing. And um, nah, it's different. It was something that I really enjoyed, and it was an opportunity that Robbo came to me with. And uh, yeah, obviously, whenever the big man wants uh, wants you to play a different position, you you throw you throw yourself at it. And it's um, yeah, it's a, obviously a role I want to keep improving on, and hopefully adding more value to this team. 
Drew, I, I saw you after the game. It was a great interview, mate. You're so I think what everyone loves about you, mate, is you're just a footballer and you can play any spot and you're an old school footballer in our eyes, which is a great compliment, but yeah. you're also so humble. You said to Freddie you'd play anywhere for this team. What does culture mean to you and what does this team mean to you? Yeah, it's, um, that's a good question, actually. And it's, uh, I mean, ever since I was a young young kid, I mean, a lot of people play footy for different reasons, but um, my number one reason ever since I was young is, is play with your mates and, uh, it's still true to this day. I mean, I've almost got goosebumps talking about uh, the mates that you play with, and mm. um, I, I, I dare say that every mate I've ever made in my life, it, it's probably been through footy or any association with it. And I mean, at the Roosters, it's it's no different. You you turn up and uh, you, you look each way, and you've got some some great mates that you've made memories with for years. And um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a bit of a whole cliche or you play with your mates but it, it definitely means means so much to me that you get to run out with your best mates every week and whatever level of footy you play it, it doesn't change it's um you're playing with your mates and you're you're ripping in for each other drew i want to touch on your own performance briefly but if i just go back to the the improvement between rounds one and two what was done differently at training or, or what did robbo say or, or what was said uh, amongst the playing group because the you know, the improvement was probably 60, 65%. Did you expect that? Yeah, well, I don't, not so much expected. I think we needed it. Like, that was the, we all said from the weekend's game that, that that's the, that's our baseline. Like, that's, that's where we need to be every week. And um, I think as a, as a group, I know as a group, we came together pretty quick and we said, hey, this is, this isn't our standards. This isn't us. So we need to, we need to improve quickly. And um, I think the, the, the way that we came out on the weekend, especially, it, it sort of showed how much, um, how much belief we had in each other to sort of bounce back from that round one. You scored the first media of the game, you know, a little backing up from the from the number nine. <laughs> How did you enjoy playing in the middle? Oh, I was um, well. I I don't think I scored too many tries past the ten <laughs> meter line, so it was sort of true to my form to sort of stay there. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed. It. I mean, they simplified my role, especially. I was just go out there you got some of the players that you're passing the ball to are the best in the world, so you just listen to their voices and um, yeah, and obviously just bring some intensity or try to in defence. And, um, yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And it's it's something I want to be um, be building on for this week. How was the body? Obviously playing in the middle, you've got to do a fair bit more tackling than you used to. How'd you, how'd you wake uh, up Saturday? Yeah, I was, um, a reporter asked me the other day, he asked me how my back and hamstrings were from, everyone probably saw how bad my posture was trying to pass the ball. But, um, no, it, was, it, was, it wasn't too bad. I mean, it was, it was a bit sore. But, um, yeah, this week definitely been working on um, – working on the sort of techniques that dummy halves have and it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a specialised position and um, something I'm just trying to learn and uh, improve each week. Drew, did you get any tips from uh, club legend Jake Friend on, um, you know, when you knew you were going to play in the, in the nine role? Uh, did you reach out to Friendy and sort of, you know, or did you model yourself on anything like that? Oh, I mean, if I was to ever compare myself, it wouldn't be to Jake Friend. He was one of the greats <laughs> and the way that he moved around the field, it's... um. He made that position his own, and I suppose it's just the little things that you can take from blokes like that. I mean, the way that the effort that he put in, um, yeah, I, I think I only managed to do it for twenty or twenty-five minutes. He did it eighty minutes every week. It was, um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. But the, yeah, I think it's more just just the little tips that you can get to to improve your game, and um, it's some, it's a combination thing as well. Like different blokes want the ball different ways, so it's just um, it's about working that out. And again, it's just talking to your mates and exactly how they they want you to play.
Yeah, well, Silky's developed a little device called a friendometer, and he's going to keep that in his pocket for most of the games, mate. If you, and, and you just seem so comfortable and relaxed there, but we'll keep you up to date. Mate, not a bad start. You know, a few more tackles would be nice. Yeah, um, he's got to get to around 70 tackles before yeah, we, before few we more start minutes. patting him on the back. <laughs> a few more minutes from a couple of blokes from the stand, you know, the experts. Oh, oh, I'd gosh, like to see man. you two in the middle of the park <laughs> playing footy. Come on. <laughs> oh, I don't think I got the 70 in me. No way. No <laughs> now, way. Drew... Um, on your performance on Friday night, you had, you know, starting the game, it was a great impact, um, you know, from kickoff and then Connor Watson came on and then um, he got injured and you had to come back onto the park and another big impact as soon as you hit the park. But that 40-20, what a kick. Yeah, as um, again, it's, it's, it's probably something that part of my game that's a real strength is my kicking game. So although I was playing a different position, I sort of still wanted to... Um, yeah, bring that bring that strength of mine, which is is a kicking game. And although you, you don't go out there to, to sort of kick forty twenties or or do that sort of stuff, but when the opportunity presents itself, you um, I know that I know Robbo sort of spoke about me back in uh, back in my sort of strengths, and I know the boys also talk about backing your strengths. So it's um it's nice to know that, that uh, whatever you do, they're going to be there to sort of support you and and back you up. Yeah, but mate. You know, Freddie interviewed you after the match and you didn't claim it. You, you yeah. said it kind of skied off the boot. You didn't expect it. you got to just humble. say, well, you know, I was aiming for that corner and uh, it just went to plan. Yeah, well, I did. imagine on, on live TV me saying, oh, yeah, of course I meant to put it there. That kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better no, option, better yeah. option, Drew. Know, mate, do you, do you actually, did you actually find afterwards, and, and mate, we all we just talk about the humility, I actually thought, I, I watched you play and thought, oh, my God, he's a hooker as well. Like, did you actually surprise yourself and go, yeah, I can play this role? Because you see a lot of players slide in, you know, like Connor got injured and, and, and you know, mate, you're no specialist hooker, but I've got to be honest with you, you looked like you'd been training there and playing there for years. Honestly, it was just great. But did you surprise yourself? Um, no, not not so much surprise myself. No, it's 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 one of those things. I mean, anyone can sort of tell you that you're 1 to 13, you're playing footy out there, aren't you? It's, it's the same game. It's the same size ball. It's You're playing against 13 other blokes and it's it's just about... That that one on the work for your mate and that that um that continual sort of you just don't want to let anyone down. That's that's the one thing that I, I just want to be there and help out each other. And it's it's um I suppose it's it's something that keeps you sort of playing and um yeah that, that sort of you need to prove to yourself that you, you you can do it and also to prove to everyone else. And um, when you get that sort of trust, it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool thing to have. Now, Drew, just on that, wanting to play for each other and. Be there for each other. Um, we had Luke on last week, and he mentioned how the atmosphere around the club's just amazing at the moment. And then there's a lot of young players in the squad, and they're bringing a lot of atmosphere as well. Uh, is there anyone there in the squad that you know, with your experience in rugby league, you've taken under your wing and, and mentoring a little? Probably, probably not too many of them. I really want to mentor. Oh, of course, <laughs> they that I've would. Done, but no, it's um, no, there's they're all good, good young kids. Eh? It's just it's, it's so good to be around. I mean, they're there's no there's no dickheads honestly they're all champion kids and they all want they all want to learn and um again i'm i'm sort of i'm still feel like i'm that young kid wanting to learn off of teddy off kiri off of all these legends of the game and it's just um yeah it's a pretty cool environment to be part of and it's it's um it's pretty special what we got here now mate moving forward friday night it's the 250th match between uh you know these two foundation clubs it's a special one. It's always marked in the calendar. I, I see you're quoted in the media this week, just uh, where the talk or the focus is, is, is on our game and, and, and you know making sure that we we do everything right from our end. But is it a different game? It's obviously a good question, but um, I mean, 
but it's a pretty good uh, environment that we got at the Roosters. I mean, ever, ever since we came in on on Monday to train, and I mean, we've we've got our plans of what we're going to do this weekend. And there's been no real talk about South Sydney or anything like that. It's just a plan that we're going to go into the game with. And um, I mean, it's it is it is a big occasion. I mean, you're playing Friday night footy against South Sydney. Like it's 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 all pretty pretty awesome to be sort of thinking of it like that. But again. Um, we know what what uh, our team success looks like for us, so we, that's what we're going to be chasing this week and um, for the rest of the year. Well, Drew, just before we wrap it up, uh, I just yeah. wanted to congratulate you on your beautiful daughter, Lily. Uh, it's an amazing achievement, and just congratulations to Kelsey and yourself. And um, I'm sure she's just just an angel in your eyes. Absolutely, yeah. It's a, it's, um, it's a pretty good present getting it before Christmas, getting Lily before Christmas, and. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that I could never um, sort of. You can't words really, can't really put it in a perspective, but yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you get home from footy and you just get to go home to your beautiful family. It's um, it's one of the best things in the world, and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to sort of seeing watch watch. I'm not watching her grow up that quick, but um, seeing her grow up and uh, hopefully stop looking a bit like me and start looking like her mum a bit. <laughs> Drew, just one final one from me. Bush touched on it you, that you're a bit of a throwback to the old-fashioned style of footballer. Uh, if it was the old days in the 80s and you'd finish training on a Thursday night and you, you walk into the local, what's the first drink you order? Is it a rum? Is it a bourbon? Or is it a schooner? What, what, what's the first drink that you'd order at the bar? I'll have a, uh, I'll have a glass of water because I'm a professional footballer. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, a schooner would be, I mean, yeah. Especially what flavour? Uh, well, good question. Um, so if if my partner's listening, it'd be a mid strength. But <laughs> if it's if it's me, I'd probably order a super dry. Okay, nice, nice drop. There you have it. Well, mate, you would have done well in that era, and mate, doing particularly well in this era. I tell you what, go home, set Fox Tell to record, play this one back to to your beautiful daughter Lily and a few, because you're in great form. And mate, long may it continue. We're really, really keen to uh, catch up with you outside of Roosters Radio and have that uh, little super dry <laughs> and buy one for you. But thanks so much for spending time, mate, and congratulations on your form. All right, legends. Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Drew. Mate. See you, Drew. Thank you. Now, if you're not heading out to the game on Friday night, then head to East to catch all the action of the huge clash between the Rabbitohs this Friday night. You can watch all the NRL action from 6pm live and loud on the big screens, followed by 49% off drinks for two hours after full time. Deck yourself out in your red, white and blue and join the Roosters faithful to cheer on the team at East Bondi Junction, the official home of the Sydney Roosters. Well, Roosters fans, a real treat here, Silky. We have none other than the Fijian captain. Now, I know that Fiji is such a close place to all three of our hearts. Yep. We've, we've travelled mm. there so much, um, you know, for holidays and weddings and, and just different things. We also had the opportunity, Silky, to see how much rugby league meant to the Fijian yep. people at a local level. But to have the honour of having the Fijian captain also play at the Roosters is a huge treat for our fans. So, Kevin Naguama, welcome to Roosters Radio for the first time. It's multicultural round, and what a treat it is for our fans to chat to you. Yes, thank you for having me. Looking forward to having a chat and hopefully getting to know a little bit more about myself. <laughs> now, Kev, when I look back at uh, Fijian players in the NRL, obviously there's a lot in the game at the moment, but probably the earliest one, uh, earliest Fijian player I can recall would be Noah Andruku. Obviously, there's Petro, Lottie Takiri, yes. but as a, as a young Fijian growing up, who do you look up to uh, from Fijian heritage? Yeah, so as a young kid, like you said, there wasn't many Fijians running around there. Um, and Noah Andruku was obviously a great that played for Canberra Raiders, but 
when I was a little kid, it was probably Petro, Devana uh, Viva, and uh, Lottie Takiri that I sort of looked up to and and really, um, uh, you know, enjoyed watching, especially being a Fijian kid, you know, seeing someone from where you're from in Fiji representing um, on the big on the big stage. There were those two players were one that I really looked up to and enjoyed watching. And obviously, Big Brother Wes. Oh, definitely, yeah, Wes, of, <laughs> of course. Um, you know, just passionate football. I used to love playing rugby league as a kid. It was when I was six years old. You know, it's something that I sort of started doing and and really enjoyed it. And you know, to to play rugby league and then let alone someone from your family, your older brother uh, making his first grade debut was such a big thing. Even him playing flag was such a big thing for for our family for him to achieve that and for him to progress on to to higher honors and, and have a long a long career in NRL. Um it was something that I sort of looked up to as well as a young kid and really enjoyed um going to his games and, and watching him play. Kev, uh you know, we spent a bit of time in Fiji for a wedding and we got invited uh, over to watch uh, a local it was a grand final. And uh it was the Raro Raro Roosters versus the Sabeto Rabbitohs and they all come out in their Roosters and Rabbitohs gear. It was one of the most amazing rugby league experiences yep. I've had. I've talked to you know people about how good it is to go to Lang Park and um, different yeah. games that you know you've been at. I was at the '89 Grand Final as a kid. So many great spectacles, but to stand on the sideline and just feel the energy and the singing and the joy that rugby league gave people, it just made it such a special moment for Silky yeah, and absolutely. I and, and everyone that was there. We were invited and we just come down expecting, yeah, we'll go watch a game of uh, you know first grade Fijian football. What does it mean yeah. to the Fijian people this game? Oh, it's a lot. It's like the national sport um, back in Fiji, and it's a great way to for us to well, like if for for example, I don't know if you would have experienced it when you're over there, but I know when I always go back to Fiji, the parks are just full, like yes. full of people playing footy. They love it. It's every nearly everyone's doing it in the villages, and all the parks are just full, and it's you can't even see the lights are out, and they're still playing in the dark, and and they just love playing footy. They love that sort of I think the best way to explain it is that the Fijian seven style football. Um, yeah, that's that's the norm back in Fiji, or what I've experienced. You know, I've played a few games with them, and um, a lot of them just throwing the ball around. It's something that they love doing, and just to play for for Fiji, it's a big thing. It's a high honor to to do that, especially in Fiji. Um, for a lot of, I know, for a lot of players, for some of them, it's the first time they ever get to leave the country, mm. um, get to fly on an aeroplane. Just those experiences are so big for those players, and then. For them growing up in the village and then being able to go and represent their country on a on a bigger spectacle, um, it's no wonder you see the players swell up with pride and and tears rolling down their eyes. Kev, just a, a question on I suppose what's a more important game to the to the local Fijians, uh, and you know Fiji are the Olympic gold medalists when it comes to sevens. What what are the kids playing more now? Is it rugby league because there's so many more uh, Fijians playing in the NRL, or is there still a lot of people? Uh, you know, following and supporting the, the rugby team. Yeah, so it always it was very one sided. Yeah. Like it was definitely rugby union, and and rightly so. You know, you got the best sevens team in the world. Mm. You know, they've backed that up with their efforts in the gold medal in the in the Olympics. But it's definitely grown a lot. Rugby league, it's grown. It's really grown back in Fiji. And I don't know if you've heard of the Fijian Silk Tails that are currently yeah. playing in the Ron Massey Cup. Um, yeah. I think that's that's a great. Um, example of how much rugby league's grown you know it, it was always union being the national sport and then we've got the silk tails now and you you just touched on Vuate earlier you know he's a product of that coming through that system having the opportunity to come and play over here and now he's training with 
the first grade at Roosters and, you know, what a great opportunity is for him. And then they, you got other Fijian boys going through that process at the moment and, and getting um, an opportunity to leave the country, come and live over here and, you know, have a really good crack at, at hopefully, you know, scoring a, a first grade contract, which is ultimately what they're here to do. Now, Kevin, just on your football career and background, uh, where did you start? How did your opportunity come to play NRL? Yes, so I grew up in a suburb called Bexley, so in the St. George area. I played my, I started playing rugby league when I was six years old for a local team called Uncle Scots. Uh, during that time, it, it was just, I really loved playing football. A big part of it was just to hang out with my mates, and that was the joy of it. You know, you get around with your mates and you play some rugby league, and then I also remember the odd um, McDonald's run that the coach would take us to after the game. And, <laughs> Man you know, of the that was, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kev, I'm sorry to report I've had a couple of those myself, <laughs> mostly whilst injured. Yeah. Um, and that's where it started as a six-year-old and then came through the junior um, representative teams at, at St. George, played Matthews Cup there, SG Ball, and I moved to Newcastle as an 18-year-old and that was my first meeting with um, Trent Robinson. He was the 20s coach up there my first year in Toyota Cup in Newcastle. And I played two years in the Toyota system then in Newcastle and went on to make my debut at, at Newcastle Knights. I played uh, three seasons there with Newcastle. And then I moved to Penrith. I spent a season there under Ivan Cleary. And from there, I moved to West Tigers and spent four years there with West Tigers before moving overseas to England to play for St. Helens for three years. And now I'm here at the Roosters. Mate, I want to touch on St. Helens because mm. your career over there, you, you scored a, a thousand tries. Uh, you know, you got hat tricks in grand finals and doubles and you, you know, you got the Harry Sunderland medal. The game itself, it, I love watching the, the, the Super League on Great Friday, game. Friday night, Saturday mm. mornings yeah. on Fox over here. But your, your time over there, obviously successful three premierships. What did you learn, I suppose, about yourself as a player that you had the confidence to come back to the NRL? Just, I think the, being in a team, like a culture, like how strong, how important culture values are and like standards that are driven at training. I think just being a part of that team, it taught me a lot of about being consistent. And then, but like, I just have to go back to that word culture because the standards were so high that were driven and it was player driven. So there was already this um, expectation that when you turned up to training, you know, you're coming and you had to be on, you had to be on and when you were on, not only that, like you grew as a player every year. And I felt like we did that as a team. And it was a really special time for me to be a part of that that playing group and, and that team in, in St. Helens. And, um, you know, the heights that we achieved, um, I wouldn't have dreamed about that going over. You know, for me, I was just wanting to be a part of a team that could potentially win a premiership. And, you know, I was very blessed to win three. Um, and then coming back as, as a player, just the I think the confidence that it gives you. It's really hard to sort of describe in words. And then it really does break the game down. You really understand um, going set for set and just the stuff that are done in the shadows that aren't mentioned in the media. Um, just that, yeah, stuff that I didn't understand when I was a young player um, in the in NRL, then being involved in the St. Helens team, just, um, just understanding the mindset behind the game. Kev, speaking of culture, you know, it must have been a culture shock for you to f have some of those English winters coming from, <laughs> well, coming from yeah. Australia, but, you know, having Definitely. Fiji heritage. How did you find the cold? It took a lot of adjusting for me <laughs> and my wife. I, tell you, I can tell you that much. It's um, something I've never experienced before. But 
part of the reason why we wanted to go to England was uh, to experience that. I know it, it sounds a bit silly, but um, you know, it really is beautiful when you got a snowy Christmas. I've never experienced that. I, I see that through the movies. So yeah, you know, we we really made the most of it and. But I, it wasn't fun training in that, I can tell you that much. Yeah, and it would be remiss of me on multicultural round for the NRL not to talk about just the Fijian culture. Why are the Fijian people so beautiful? What is it just gives you such a positive outlook? You see some great Fijian uh, you know, players come out here and they're fortunate, but you also see some people in Fiji, everyone is happy. What is it we need to take on board from your culture and spread it across the world? I think Fiji time. I don't know if you've that before. <laughs> well, I'm you, on you, it. You'd be getting plenty of fines at training then. <laughs> right. I know. But I think that's part of the reason why. They are just so chilled and there's like no pressure to be on time. So I think that's part of the reason why they're smiling all the time. They're in a rush to go nowhere. It's <laughs> part great. of the reason why I reckon I'm Fiji. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, Kevin, I know uh, as a leader within the Fijian community, um, you, you probably take mentorship and leadership very seriously. And you just touched on a young Fijian player that, who's now a part of the Roosters system in Vuate Karova. I'm going to say it again. Vuate Karova Valevu. I don't know if I got so that correct. But right, I've seen him around Fijian the club. Man. I've seen him around the club. He's a big lad. Um, what can we expect to see from him in the, in the not-too-distant future? And tell us a little bit about uh, young Vuate. Yeah, Vuate, man, he's exactly what you described about Fijians with the bigger smile on their face. Like, that's him. That, that describes him to the T. He walks in, got so much energy, big smile on his face, says hello to everyone. But um, for me personally, it's, it's just been good to get to know him. I, my first meeting is me doing preseason with him at the Roosters and, and just seeing him, he's learning so much. You know, he brings his notebook. He's a kid that really has his head on and he's trying to do his best. And um, I think it's... It has been a. It's his big. It's his first NRL preseason. Yep. So that was a lot for him to to sort of take and and understand what what gets done being a professional player. So he really enjoyed that, and he's just. I feel like he's just been learning so much. Like he's grown within the four months that we had mm-hmm. in preseason, and I feel like he's only going to get better. He's he's already got that raw talent where he can sort of create anything from nothing, and I think he's just learning how to harness that and and knowing when to to use it and when to sort of pull it in but um I think you can definitely expect big things from him without putting too much pressure on him he's he he does have a have a big future in the game and um you know I really wish him the best and he's only going to grow and get better good news now Kevin back to your career um obviously an outstanding career as you mentioned earlier started at the Dragons the Knights Tigers Panthers at the Roosters back under Robbo St Helens but one of the biggest highlights would obviously be captaining your nation, Fiji. Can you tell yeah. us what that was like, running out as captain and the leader of that side? Yeah, it's, it was pretty surreal. You know, for me being of Fijian descent, I'm very proud Fijian. So um, to captain your country, let alone just to make the team, like for me that's always been the pinnacle in rugby league. Um, it was great to – like I wanted to play NRL, but I always wanted to represent Fiji. I wanted to wear that black and white jersey and – um, that's how my career started. So I remember when I debuted for Fiji as a 20-year-old, it was such a big thing for me. It was an honor and a privilege to play for my brother. He was he was the captain at the time. So, you know, it's just uh, it's a really hard uh, thing to sort of put in words, but I just swell up with so much pride um, and, and, and passion. Uh, I'm so proud to wear that jersey and represent my parents. You know, I got real strong roots to my Fijian heritage. And, you know, that's from my mom and my dad. We've always, they've always... Um, I drilled that into me and it's something that they've made sure that 
they've kept their culture in us and in our celebrations and how we do things um Fiji which makes us you know different and and unique but it's something that I really enjoy doing something that um I'm hoping to play again with with Fiji at the at the end of the year in the World Cup and um it just makes me so happy to see your fellow Fijians in the NRL you know chasing their dreams and and aspiring and, and doing big things in the game just on that, my, my last question, Kev, obviously a World Cup at the end of the year, uh, plenty to play for. And if you look at the Fijian players in the NRL on paper, it's a pretty handy side, mm. uh, you know, should be going very deep into the, the competition. What does success look like for you guys this year in the World Cup? Yeah, it's um, a really hard one to sort of talk about because at the same time, we've we've made the last three semifinals yeah, of the yeah. last three World Cups. So. We always keep falling short, but when I say falling short, we really get towered up by Australia in that semi-final game, you know, and we play them all three semi-finals. But for us, I think, like, we would want to push. Like, I feel like anything less than that would be um, not successful, especially with the last three campaigns we've had. So we'd want to push and go all the way to the final. And I think Tonga is a great example of how much they've grown, yep. you know, over mm. the years. And I think that's that's a credit to the game. You know, there's we talk about the multicultural around and, there's, there's so many people of Pacific descent that are yeah. playing for their respective nations, which are making them stronger nations and harder to beat. Um, and I'm hoping that with Fiji, the Fijian players will be able to put their hand up and hopefully push for a final spot. Um, I think that would be the, the aim as, as every team will be doing. But for us personally, I think that would be, um, the goal moving forward in, in the 2021 World Cup. Well, mate, I know you're uh, running out for the Bears this weekend and uh, best of luck there, but I'm sure it's not too far away that we'll be seeing you running out in the red, white and blue, mate. Really appreciate your time here today. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week and, and good luck on the weekend. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks Kevin. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. And guys, 8.05 kickoff this Friday night. Roosters taking on the bunnies out there at Homebush, now known as a core stadium. Bush, Bells, it's our favourite match of the year. How do you see it? Yeah, it's a big one. Bells, mostly in your house is the biggest rivalry. I mean, you are a devout rooster. Your dad played at the Roosters. Your husband played at the Roosters, but has always been a devout South man. So I'm interested to know what happens in this teeny house. But there's other big matchups besides you and Mick. What are you most looking forward to? <laughs> Oh, well, the biggest matchup of them all, the two heavyweights, Nick Politis and Russell Crowe. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see if there's any uh, paper talk between now and kickoff. There's yeah. usually a quote somewhere thrown in in the telly or something like that. They love to sell papers on the back of those two. No, I think in the forwards, I think it's going to be a really, really big exchange. Our boys last week put the game back together, you know, led by Satili, led by Siwa, uh, you know, and they really, really you know, put a great performance on. If they lay that platform against South, Souths are a different team than they've been the last couple of years slightly. Um, you know, they're well-led, but that forward matchup will be really, really good. I'll tell you what I'm really interested to see, um, obviously the elephant in the room, Latrell's return and to see how level-headed he is. We all know what a talent he is. Um, we hope he has a great game. And I just, I, I, I could imagine that, you know, there's going to be a little bit of, um, you know, no love lost out there with you know, the, the little bad blood that's gone between the sides. Oh, I mean, look, we heard with Drew's interview there that, you know, they're trying to take the emotion of this game out of it and, and, and focusing on their own performance, which I thought was a, a great insight. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that stuff will come into it. I mean, I hope it, not. I, I think when it comes to matchups, the, the the one for me is the thirteens, Cam Murray and, and Radley, uh, both playing similar styles of of a role too with with their clubs. Let's not forget the Bunnies are zero two, so. Uh, That'll be in the back of their mind as well. So they'll be definitely up for this game. They've been a bit clunky, I think it's fair to say, uh, the past couple of weeks with their back line. I see that uh, Tane Milne has moved into the centres and Jackson Polo, they've swapped them around. Mm. Uh, Polo had a few drops in him last week. So they did look better, South, with Tane Milne in the centres. So I think they'll be a better team this week. But uh, as I said, as Drew said, it's about our performance this week. I think they'll be really hungry as well, South, uh, zero and two. So they've come off two losses. So they're, they're, they'll be ready to play on Friday night. But I'm really looking forward to the 5'8s. Sam Walker going in there, obviously, being our 5'8 this year. And it also depends on uh, which Cody Walker turns up yeah. on the night. You know, he's he's copping a little bit in the media, not not firing and not playing that well. But if he, come, he, if he turns up on Friday night and plays well, then it'll be a great match. Yeah, he's a great player. And you've got someone experienced like him, who, who likes a bit of chatter, a bit of talk. So it'd be interesting to see how Sam Walker, you know, is uh, moulding his game because he's got – Sam Walker's like a little magician. You know, you're at a kid's party, you want to know how the rabbit comes out of a hat and you just see him do some little things that you go, wow, at his age, you know, I'd love to be able to do that. Well, guys, I'm going to put you both on the spot. What's your score prediction? Well, Silky, I think it's going to be a really tight game. Roosters 22, Souths 18. Bells? I think it's going to be a grinding game, not not a lot of points. I'm picking 12-6 to the Roosters. Yep, only a couple of tries. Yeah, that's interesting. Look, I um, I look back to the, the past performances and they've won the last couple, the Bunnies, and, uh, you know, we haven't played our best games, but I think that'll also be in the back of our minds. And I think, bearing that in mind, I think Roosters 20, South 12. Well, there you have it. Well, that's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. We'd like to thank our special guests, Drew Hutchison and Kevin Naguama. It's NRL Multicultural Round. Hope to see you out there. You've been listening to Roosters Radio, East to Win.